So good morning again. Thanks for coming here today. Um, we're going to be talking about peace in a moment. Some of you had some things handed to you from me. Um, we have, let me catch some of you up that haven't been here in a while. Over the past month or so, we've been putting together a plan to um, go into our community and do stuff. And you came up with the stuff, and you listed your names under those things that you wanted to do and you wanted to participate in. So I put all that stuff together, and I've handed out some sheets um, to some of you who um, thought you could lead it or figured you would, you would at least gather the troops under your umbrella. Um, some of you, I handed it to you today and asked you if you would do that, and I have a couple more that I haven't given out yet that I will do that soon. So... You're going to hear more about this. And what I really want when we get started in this community, I know we've already started in some degree for some of the ministries, but as we get started, I really want church to become a time where we come together, refresh, uh, worship God, obviously, and then talk about what's happening in our community. Talk about what, what we are doing and how it's impacting others. And then strategize even more on how we can do better. This almost sounds like a business, right? <laughs> it's not. It's what we're asked to do, to be like Jesus. Jesus went everywhere, took care of people's needs. And you know what that did for him? It opened up the door for them to ask a lot more deep questions and find out the reality of who Jesus really was. That's what we're supposed to do. We don't have to overcomplicate it. We don't have to go across the world to do this. Now, I know some people are called to do that, but we can focus right here on Front Royal and, and the surrounding towns and get stuff done for people that really need it. And you just have all been a blessing to me. So many of you, you just encourage me just getting all the lists of people's names and everything that were out there. And some people are still thinking about what they want to do. And that's great because this isn't a, a do-all, end-all thing. There's going to be... Things that come up, as you know, especially after the new year, things are going to come up in our community that it's going to be a need somewhere that somebody's not filling. Or maybe we find a need that somebody's already doing and they need a hand. Let's help them. We don't have to create everything. So I just love, love this about the church, and I'm so thankful you're on board. And I really believe that God is going to do something through all of this because they're going to see Jesus in our giving in our helping and that to me is is just awesome so after church I might um, don't run out real quick I'll have to not, not like um, run out and just say yay I'm done although you can but some of you I need to um, I need to talk to you before you leave um, I have something for you to do so anyway what is what does Advent mean we talked about it last week. Advent describes is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. We're talking about Advent because that's what we're doing. We are preparing for a notable person to arrive, and that person is not just a person. It's God himself, Jesus Christ. And last week, we lit the hope candle. We talked about what hope was. Today, we lit the candle for peace. So let's talk about this together. 
One of the things we've changed here too in a while is this is a dialogue during church. It's not just me talking to you for an hour or two or however I go. <laughs> what do you think peace is? If you, if you could describe peace, just tell me what you think peace is or what it feels like or what, what gives you peace. No wrong answers. Well, there probably are some, but I won't call you out on it. <laughs> Contentment. Family. Quietness. Calm. Worry-free. At ease. The ocean? Who said that? Oh, okay. So interesting, all of your descriptions kind of fit together, and, and a lot of it has to do with just focusing on either the quiet or one thing in particular and just that feeling that you get that you're at peace. We have a lot of expectations for peace. Right? We have a lot of expectations of what peace means to us. If you are struggling and you just, I need some peace and quiet. We, I mean, we always hear that, right? I need peace and quiet. Well, what are your expectations when you go into that? Because maybe it's just my brain, but I, you know, I, I don't really plan things out, but I know when I'm feeling peace and when I'm feeling quiet. But we put a lot of expectation on what peace is going to be. Before Jesus' birth, there were a lot of expectations about the coming Messiah before he was born. This was prophesied for many, many years before Jesus arrived, but the expectations were pretty huge and building over time because the Israelites, been, they went through a lot, and, and in the end, they were occupied by Rome. Rome occupied just about everybody then. They were... They, were, they had enough before Jesus came. But they would always go back to the prophecy. They would always go back to the promise that God had a Savior for them, a Messiah that they could trust and count on to save them from where they're at, and they needed saving. But here's the thing. Their, their expectation of this was kind of odd. Most would be underwhelmed when Jesus was born at that time. You know, we get all excited about it, but a lot of people were underwhelmed when Jesus was born. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they were underwhelmed? Yes. Right. I mean, that's, that's a good, good description of it. But you read the Old Testament, and you read some of the prophecies, and it talks about a mighty Savior that's going to conquer and, and bring everlasting life and salvation. And in this, in this little town in Bethlehem, this little baby was born, and it was just Mary and Joseph and some cows and sheep. Whoever knows. We don't know. Whatever your manger scene looks like, you could, you could just include all that. There was no drummer boy, however, I, 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 I need to clarify that. So, yeah. I do know that. That would just be annoying. If you're a woman and you just gave birth and a drummer boy starts beating on a drum, you, you, would, 
you would not like that. I, I wouldn't think. Plus, the baby's trying to sleep, and oh, here comes that drubber boy again. So it was a simple thing. It was a quiet thing, not pomp and circumstance like you'd think. Of course, we know the, the three wise men came, but they did not come on the night Jesus was born. Again, I'm really ruining Christmas for you, but that's not how it worked. It was years, a few years later when they showed up. It was an underwhelming arrival, except for a couple people. Who were those? The shepherds. Isn't that interesting? That God would reveal the Savior promised in Scripture, not to the Pharisees and Sadducees who were the Jewish leadership, but to the ones in the fields, the ones who were the shepherds that were close by. I always love that piece of the story. I don't know how they would have felt. I mean, they maybe they in the moment they probably thought that everybody was hearing this message, but I guarantee after talking a few days later, they're gonna say, Wow, what a gift we received. We were able to see the baby. We saw angels singing in the sky. That I can't even imagine that. What a gift for them. But overall, it was underwhelming that night. It was underwhelming. And when they finally started to understand who the Messiah was, it still didn't match their expectation. It still didn't feel like this little boy is going to grow up. He's, he's no, he looks just like us. You know, maybe they thought a Messiah that's going to come and conquer. The Roman Empire at the time was as strong as it's ever been, or it was starting to weaken, but it was still strong. The Roman Empire, the only way you could conquer them is with weapons and battle and killing each other. You're not going to negotiate anything with them. They have most of the world conquered in, in their world, in their space. The Messiah should have been like a Goliath, flaming sword, ready to pound and ready to just get everybody out of the way and destroy. That's the Messiah we're looking for. And so we get this baby who's born, to, born into a family that was of ill repute in most eyes. Wasn't Joseph's, this, this doesn't make any sense. This can't be the Messiah. And I'm telling you this because that was the thinking, especially in the Jewish leadership. Now, of course it would. The Jewish leadership at that time were more secular than, than they should have been. And they worried about power and they worried about their stature. And they had most of the Jews under their thumb. So they, they could make these comments, and they could say these things, and people would start believing them. And, and before you know it, you know, people are questioning if there's a Messiah. And then we know the story later on. Jesus gets crucified by the very people he came from, the Jews. That doesn't sound like peace at all. Peace on earth. People expected a warrior, someone who would overthrow the government, rather than a humble baby who would overcome the world 
with peace and love. See, it doesn't calculate. You got an army ready to tear you apart with weaponry that was first class in that day. And this one person's going to, to conquer the world with peace and love. But we already know the outcome of this. We're standing here today talking about that person 2,000 years later. We're not talking about a flourishing Roman Empire today. We are talking about the one who conquered with love and with peace and sacrifice. Doesn't that just mess you up? Because that's not how things are supposed to be won. Not in our day. Things are supposed to be won by strength and brute force and all this stuff. And, and yet Jesus came and the Messiah that was promised in a whimper in the night. And here we are today talking about him because he is the Messiah. He is the way to salvation. And he did it in a way that we would have never expected if we were living in that time. It was quiet. It was subtle. But it began a movement. And we're here today because that movement started out with, with Jesus sending his disciples into all of the world. And it has grown to all of the world. But then there's peace again. Does it feel like peace in the world? Now, before we criticize the people when Jesus was born, before we criticize them, we need to understand that conquering was the way to do it. I mean, it, it, and they thought that this Savior was going to come, be strong and mighty, and overcome with power and strength. So that's what they would read. If you read the Old Testament, and I sh probably should have put a couple verses in there. Sorry about that. Um, but there is plenty of that alludes to a mighty warrior, a prince of peace. It's, it's all, you know, it all stems from that. And it seems like that's what they expected was this big, mighty warrior coming. But they got a baby that turned into a man who would be killed. That doesn't sound like a winning strategy. But you know what? That's what brought peace. That's what enables peace is through Jesus Christ. A baby in a manger in a small town in Bethlehem, born in a stable. How much hope for peace would you have in that during that time? Right? Of course, we know what happened. But in the moment, it would be hard for them to understand that this little baby this one man who's just like us. There's no, he doesn't have wings or, or everything else. He's not, you know, he doesn't look like a warrior at all. He looks just like everybody else. That's because he took on the form of a man. And people weren't expecting. They were underwhelmed. Peace was missing in the world. Still is. All the wars and the occupations and the 400 plus years that God was silent. We call it the silent time between the, the end of the Old Testament and to Matthew when God just wasn't talking to his people or nobody was recording it. Um, all of that silence and then something big and huge would have had to happen to change their predicament. 
generations were waiting for this Messiah in that quiet time. Generations were waiting. They would pass that down, that promise to each of their children and their children's children. Sometimes we start feeling that way too, like, when is it all going to get better? When is it going to get a little better? When is it going to get slightly better? We look at what's gone on in our lives and we feel like each day is it's more of a challenge than the previous day. It's, it's not Groundhog Day movie. It's Groundhog Day plus more stuff every time you wake up. That's what it feels like. I know we could blame it on COVID or whatever. COVID was a catalyst, but it's been like that for generations. Right, and, and, it, and sometimes for some of you, I know that you literally wake up every day and something else has happened and you just roll your eyes and say, I can't do this anymore. There's no peace. I just need one day. I've said this many times over the past year. I just want two days of peace. Just two consecutive days of peace. That would feel good. And then I start, and, that, and that's what brought me to this, and I'm thinking, well, why don't we have it? Why don't we have that? The punches keep coming. We turn on the TV to escape and find the world is basically a mess every day. Wars, virus, fighting, racism, everything. And those things are bad, all bad. We need to do, do something about all of those things. It gets very under your skin. You feel like there is no peace anymore. And we wonder how it's all going to work out. And again, like the Israelites, when Jesus was born, we think that something major has to happen for all of this to end. And it does. But what is our expectation of that? World peace, it's not going to happen. People aren't just going to, Putin's not just going to come over here, pat Biden on the back, and then um, go see the prime minister of China or whatever, I forget his name. Who? She. They all get together and they just like, you know what? Let's just, we're good. What do you need from us? We'll give you anything you want. Well, let's share. Some of them are already doing that without the others knowing, but that's okay. But it's not going to happen that way, folks. I don't care what leaders are elected or pushed into their position or powered their way into a position. It's not going to happen. I don't want I, I to leave any expectations here. It, world peace is not going to happen because of men. We're lacking. Peace is lacking. Heck, we don't even have peace within our own families, let alone the world. How do we change that? We don't. I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> we start to look and hope for something that will bring peace and stop wars and stop fighting and stop all of this hatred between people. But I'm telling you, peace has already come. 
John 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. That's kind of a word to describe everything we just talked about. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. He didn't say, I'm going to overcome the world. I might overcome the world. I plan to overcome the world. He said, I have overcome this world. It's it's done. It's done. Now, there's an enemy that doesn't want you to get that. There's an enemy that wants you to think that there's still a lot to do and it's going to go sideways. Yes, the world will go sideways, but he has already overcome anything that this world can throw at you. Already. So, so how much peace do we need if we know that Jesus Christ has already overcome and dealt with it? But let's be real. It doesn't feel like that. Right? Let's be honest. We can say that and believe it, but we're still going to go home later today and pray for peace and not get it. There you go. Maybe just focusing on God more brings you peace. Because in the end, that's all that's going to matter is what Jesus has already done. He's not planning to do it. I can't wait for Jesus to get to come back. Why? He's already overcome the world. I mean, I'd love to see him come down in the clouds. That would be the coolest thing ever. Until you get there, and then you'll everything else will be cooler. But why do, why do we have to sit and wait for him to come? He's already overcome the world. So that should give you some sigh of relief. It should change your thinking a little bit, and it's going to take a long time to change your thinking. But when you know that Jesus has already overcome all the junk in this world, it's done. That's something to be joyful about. That's something that should bring you peace. But you're going to have to, you're going to have to choose that. Because the enemy and the world, everything's going to still look the same to you, but you have the knowledge that it is overcome. The peace of Christ, I'm sorry, I skipped that. In a letter to the Colossians, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. The peace of Christ will rule where? In your heart, in your heart, in my heart. That's where the peace is found. We cannot find it when two nations come together and form a treaty. I mean, surface it would look good. But true peace is going to be here. It's going to be in your heart. Okay, that sounds good, but how do we find that peace? See, I, I like to think these things through because I remember growing up um, in the church and somebody just telling me, yeah, everything's going to be peaceful and joyful. And you're like, yeah, and then you walk out the door and you're like, but nothing's really changed. I don't really understand. 
how that all happens. So it's good that we have, that we find peace. You say it's in our hearts, but, you know, I'm not really feeling peaceful today. Or tomorrow I'm not going to re- feel peaceful once I watch the news for five minutes. I'm going to be even more stressed. But that, that peace really falls on us. We get distracted with the world so much that we forget the world has already be, have been overcome by who? Right. We get distracted easily. We choose to focus on everything we see with our human eyes, which obviously there's some reason to do that. But we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual too. And when we focus on the spiritual in the midst of what's getting us distracted in the physical, that's where we find peace. When we start ignoring the path that God has for us too, that's one way to go outside of peace. He gives us peace so it doesn't make sense that we stop following him. If somebody's offering you peace and you go away and try to do your own thing, you know what? You're going to suffer that. Doesn't it make sense that if we are following the peacemaker that we will feel peace? And doesn't it also make sense that if we reject the peacemaker, we will not have peace? Disobedience and sin, these things take a hold of us and peace gets lost. Living according to God's will brings peace or shalom. That's what it means. Did you know that evidence of peace in the church is identified by unity? Think about that. And think about all the, the different denominations that, I'll say, fight with each other or disagree. Peace shows up in unity. We've talked about this a lot, that churches are divided. So tell me, when somebody walks into a church and sits down and they, and they hear you talk about peace, and then they hear you a few weeks later, Talk about another church that's doing it wrong. How much credibility do you give to that previous message? We have talked about it so many times. Part of being, part of being, uh, having peace means you are thankful. It's important to sit and thank God for what you have. And I know that spans a lot of different things. Some of you, you know, you might not have much, but I'm telling you, you have something. You, maybe you don't have a house, or maybe you do. Maybe you don't have a family, or maybe your health isn't, isn't right. Maybe you, you, you're hanging around the wrong friends. It doesn't matter. You have things that you can be thankful for, even the littlest thing. The littlest thing that you can give God thanks for is going to produce in you a seed of peace that will grow when you continue doing it. And when you start counting those things that you are thankful for, you will find that you have a lot more to be thankful for than you think, than you thought. This world needs peace. Be a peacemaker. 
Build up instead of tear down. Speak life into someone, not hate. Christmas is here, and let's be honest, it literally starts after Halloween. I actually saw stuff in the mall before. Mall. I just dated myself. There's no such thing as a mall anymore. I saw some, some things before Halloween out for Christmas, and, and we like to say that it's the hustle and the bustle season, right? That's just a nice way of saying it's the crazy and busy and annoying season. And commercialized. <laughs> it's right. And I have, Michelle and I have witnessed this. She's, she's told me um, she was out one time and just people getting so frustrated because the cashier wasn't moving fast enough and getting, sh- and just rolling their eyes and just, it's just crazy. There you go. I'm sorry about that. I needed that for my, son, my grandson. <laughs> But it's true, it's, it, gets, it gets to the point where it gets very difficult and we are missing the whole point of this. And I know as kids, you know, we, you don't want to hear that. If you're younger and maybe some of you are older and you still, you know, are like that. But, you know, it's about gifts and that's, that's okay for the kids, it is. But, but let's not go crazy with it. Let's not make that the be-all, end-all of Christmas, because it's certainly not. The Christmas season seems to be the antithesis of peace. I'm going to be honest with you. The way it, it appears, you know, on the national scale. We celebrate the coming Messiah, which will bring peace to the world by yelling at customer service people in a store because they ran out of whatever you were looking for. None of that is peaceful. None of that. I don't know how people in the retail industry wake up in the morning and feel good about themselves. And I'm being honest here because I've, I've heard some people do things, standing in line, and just, it's disheartening. And, and maybe you think that, well, they don't care. They don't really care what I say. I guarantee you they do. I guarantee you they care. None of it is peaceful. The fact is it's easy to fall into this and become stressed and frustrated for the holiday. The enemy loves to see this, loves it. The biggest birthday ever in the universe, and he's going to mess it up. He's trying to flip the script. Don't let him do it. Because we have peace on earth now. You get it? We're not waiting for peace. It's here. We choose to take it. We choose to be a part of it. And we choose to be peacemakers. The more peacemakers that are out there will bring peace. Peace to others. If you're a peacemaker, that means you are being peaceful. And the person that's absorbing that is going to do the same thing, and on and on it goes. What's that commercial from the 80s? And they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. Wow, who said that? (laughs) How do you know that? You're a kid. You study commercials? Oh, okay, wow. Is that a job of some sort? Pert. They told two friends, and they told two friends. 
Anywho, the more of us that are peacemakers, guess what? It's going to push into this community. It only has to start with one or two. Let's do that this week. I'm sure some of you are still shopping for me. I, I, have, uh, I have my list, but, you know, when you shop for me, you know, be nice to somebody, you know, in, fr- in front of you. Or, you know, if they, if they have a gift that is the last one and it was on my list, don't give it to them. But just tell them Merry Christmas and, I'll, and just take it. Just kidding. Crisp, crispy green, yeah. <laughs> but bringing peace to others is, and we talk about how simple these things are. We talk about how simple it is to meet people Meet, meet people's needs. Being a, being a peacemaker will bring peace to somebody else. You're standing in line and somebody's getting an attitude, just walk up to them and say, you know, how can I help you? I see you're frustrated. There's something I can do. There's something you need. And they might say no, but I guarantee they're going to say, I can't believe somebody asked me if I needed help when I'm yelling at somebody. Because chances are, that person is already stressed with something, and they have come to their breaking point, and it's always at the cashier, unfortunately, at this time of the year. Be a peacemaker. You need to be a peacemaker. The world needs it, and the best of all, the enemy hates it. So listen, as you go today, bring peace with you. Bring it with you. Even if you have to just really like push everything else aside because it's easier to fall into the fray than it is to stand out and be a peacemaker. But you can do this. You can do this. And I, wanna, I want testimonies next week about how you brokered peace with somebody if you want to share. I'm not going to put that pressure on you. Yeah, don't use duct tape. That doesn't help. Um, yeah, don't do that. Just, just be nice to people. Being nice to people at this time of the year, you're going to stand out like a rock star, and you're not doing anything but just smiling and saying, oh, yeah, you can get in front of me, ma'am. You have more groceries than I do, you know? And they'll be like, this is the best thing in my life that has ever happened. And sadly, it could be. So know when you're out there, the little peace that you bring, the little smile, the little help is going to go a long way, and it will impact this community. That's how all this stuff starts, just like how it ends, right? when all this junk starts coming into a community and poisoning it a little at a time. We need to do the opposite and start bringing peace and love and joy back in this community. And this community will change because of God and what we're helping him to do. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for meeting us here, Lord. And, and Father, we just pray during this season, Lord, that we find opportunities to, to show the love of your son and you and bring peace to people that may need it more than we think. We may need it as well, Father. I pray that we are grounded in love for this community, Father, that we we don't stray from it. And, Lord, the enemy really wants us to mess up and slip up, Father. But, Lord, we want to serve you, and we want to do that by being peacemakers in this community. And, Father, just guide us. Holy Spirit, quicken us when when we're out in the community and point out those who really need help so that we may walk up to them and just do whatever you put on our heart. Let us be that flexible in this community, Father. 
And Father, we thank you again for the birth of your son. The one who came and saved all by dying. It's so counterintuitive and seems so messed up. But yet that's what it took to free all of us. And when he rose again, three days later, Father, it just disrupted everything in our universe. And we, because of that, are able to come to you at the end of our life. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And I pray blessing over the people here and their families represented. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. And...